From iCare Partners, this is the Doc to Doc podcast. Clinical discussions with our team of world-class eye care professionals across the country. Through connectedness and continuing education, we help patients see their absolute best for life. Your host is Dr. Lori Preventure, a glaucoma specialist and cataract surgeon at the Cincinnati Eye Institute. For this episode, I have Dr. Fred Chu with me. He is a glaucoma specialist at the Cincinnati Eye Institute. Dr. Chu, will you give us a little bit of your background with ECP before we start? I'm one of the glaucoma specialists uh, at CEI, and I've been there since 2015, um, and I serve as the glaucoma service director and the fellowship director. It's great to have you as our leader, so thank you for your time and energy in that. I want to talk a little bit about minimally invasive glaucoma surgery. It's been around for a long time. It's nothing new, but there are still certainly people who have not integrated it into their practice. For someone who's interested in getting started with MIGS, how do you suggest they get going? When it, Let's start with patient selection. Sure. As with anything, whenever you're starting a, a new procedure or are using a new device, um, it's good to minimize variables. So for me, actually when I came out, um, this was only seven years ago, but uh, there were very few MIGS uh, devices and procedures available, so I basically had to learn on the job too. So in terms of patient selection, I would always choose the patients that, if I was doing a cataract with a glaucoma procedure, maybe someone who had a pretty straightforward, you know, no, no um, uh, traumatic cataracts, no um, pupil abnormalities, uh, good view through the cornea, good view on gonioscopy, things that I, I could make it more predictable for that portion of the procedure. And then um, in terms of, you know, how severe the glaucoma would be, um, I would usually pick patients with maybe mild or moderate glaucoma, um, such that if things didn't go perfectly and we didn't get the response we were looking for, we could always come back later and, and consider something else. Keep it simple, right? Keep Minimize it simple. all the other confounding factors when exactly. you're trying. Same way, even down to like, don't let anybody new in your OR that day, don't make things more complicated. Absolutely, Absolutely. great pearls. What about preoperatively kind of getting geared up for this type of thing? Do you work with industry? Do you practice in the clinic? What sort of things are you doing to, to get more comfortable with this? So we've been fortunate at, at CEI to have a big practice, but a lot of um, doctors who are willing to mentor. So when I was getting started, I worked with uh, Dr. Katana, who was um, you know kind of a forward thinker with MIGS procedures at the time, and I would just sit in the OR with him, see what he did, get his pearls, and see you know how he does things, um, and kind of incorporate that into to my initial procedures. Additionally, certainly I watch YouTube videos all the time, and that's been extremely helpful anytime you're starting a new procedure or doing a procedure that you haven't done in a while. Maybe you've done it, but um, it, it's always help, helpful to have a refresher. Other things are just practicing gonioscopy in the, in the clinic. Um, and then also, uh, when you're just having your first cases to, to practice gonioscopy before on, on a different patient, maybe even on the same day, um, just go ahead and put the gonioscopy lens on a patient just to get an idea of, of what the angle structures look like. Definitely, you don't want to have any question about what you're looking at. And I think, as you alluded to, getting the view is one of the hardest parts. Any pearls with that? So do you go in and you know practice with some blunt instrument first, or what do you suggest before you're actually ready to say put in an eye stand or do a goniotomy? In my initial cases, if I was not sure how 
good the view would be due to um, the trabecular meshwork not being particularly pigmented, um, I would use tripan blue, and that would often stain um, the, the trabecular meshwork. Um, other things that are helpful is, you know, making sure that you feel comfortable um, using you know, so any instrument, maybe but on a case when you're not actually uh, performing a goniotomy or some other sort of mixed procedure, you might go in with a Kuglin hook or some blunt instrument that can, can mimic the, the motions that you're going to use. The hard part if you're just starting um, doing MIGS procedures is the view is different from what a normal you know, cataract surgeon would be looking at and just getting a feel for how an instrument moves in the eye, moving from that same small wound that you, you're used to, but the view is just different. You're using it in a different way, in a yeah. way, absolutely. Patients, so you mentioned kind of what disease might be best, eliminating confounding factors. Do you recommend we block our patients for these first procedures? You know, pick a patient that's going to be really still. What sort of things do you have for yeah. us there? Yeah, so um, absolutely. I mean, blocking takes some of those variables out, mm -hmm. like we kind of mentioned earlier. So um, that can simplify things. Keep in mind, you know, your first few cases, don't book them as fast as you would do your normal cataract surgery patients. And if the block adds a few extra minutes on top of that, um, it can make uh, your life a little bit easier and, and more predictable uh, once you get started. Other things are, yeah, certainly you can base it on their personality and kind of say, okay, maybe this person's not going to be um, my first uh, type of procedure if they're a very nervous patient or um, seem like they might be more likely to move. And the other thing is just make sure especially for your first few cases, that the patient has good mobility of their neck because mm -hmm. you do need to kind of turn their neck to one side or the other. Once you get a little bit more experience, you can kind of tinker with that and, and work even if they're not as mobile as otherwise, but just making sure that um, you'll be able to get that view. Great tips, and I think just being a, surrounded by a network of doctors like this, it sounds overwhelming, all these little details, but I think like you mentioned, if you have a mentor you can rely on, it makes it so much easier, especially if they can be there with you or coach you through it virtually or something like that in preparation. As far as what MIGS procedure to start with, do you have one you suggest, maybe one that's a little easier than some of the others? I would say when I started, um, I, I went ahead with goniotomy first, and I felt like that was one that you know had a good track record. It's kind of more of a simpler procedure to begin with. You're not implanting a device where you're having to deploy uh, with one finger while you're moving the instrument and keeping it steady. So that was the probably the go-to for me at the beginning. And then once you become more comfortable, then, you know, anything becomes easier. So the more you become comfortable with viewing the angle and working within the angle, then you can start implanting devices or um, trying other type of blade procedures, um, you know, anything uh, becomes a little bit more comfortable. Absolutely. It's just getting your foot in the door, mm -hmm. getting comfortable with the anatomy. Absolutely. And the space is constantly changing, so it's good to have the skill set so you can adapt to the market, I Absolutely. think. What about final pearls or pitfalls, any lessons learned that you'd like to share with us while we wrap up? Being in glaucoma, we're used to having patients that have fluctuating pressures and, um, you know, we'll have some uh, hyphema in the anterior chamber. The good thing about these procedures is they tend to be safe, but you will come across patients that have more um, hyphema or heme in the anterior chamber than you're expecting, which can lead to some kind of rocky initial uh, post-operative periods. So um, 
in terms of ways to minimize that, one would be try to um, choose patients that aren't on blood thinners, um, especially as you're just getting started. Um, other things are when you're performing the procedure, try to keep the patient in a reverse Trendelenburg um, position so as to you know, allow less reflux bleeding into the, into the eye. And then actually, I think I learned this from you, what I do now, whenever I do a MIGS procedure and I'm trying to clear out the viscoelastic at the end, I'll actually prehydrate my wounds before I, I remove the viscoelastic and that just keeps a more stable anterior chamber. You don't get that uh, drop in pressure that's gonna lead to uh, more reflux bleeding. That's been helpful for me. But yeah, I mean, things that you can do, anything you can do to kind of make it so um, the next day is gonna be more likely to be better, great. Absolutely. And we have it on record now that I taught you something. <laughs> this Absolutely. is great. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your tips. And I'm sure you'd be happy. I know I'd be happy to be a resource for anyone who's interested in getting started with this type of technology. So thank you for coming on. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. The opinions expressed by the physicians in this podcast are solely the personal opinions of the providers and do not represent iCare Partners policy.